So here we are. It's, uh, it's summertime, right? Oh my goodness. I don't know about your weekend. Um, our weekend was great. Friday night, we were sitting on our back deck with some good friends, enjoying some good burgers, corn on the cob, all that good stuff. Just a great night. Uh, yesterday, our daughter, her softball team gathered for a pool party. The kids are playing. The parents are just laughing, enjoying themselves, having a good time. I mean, that's what summer is all about, right? I mean, 4th of July happened. Rob already thinks it's August. So the summer's flying by. And, uh, but all of us, right? I mean, like, we want to like, it's like a, getting the juice out of a grapefruit, right? I mean, you want to get every ounce of juice that you can. I mean, this, when we go through summertime, you want to just get every summertime experience that you possibly can, especially after this past winter, right? I mean, we want the most out of summer. And, uh, but yet, as much as we're going through summertime, chances are, a good majority of us, we come here because we realize that as, as much as we're moving through summertime, there's always something else that's going on around us, right? I mean, summertime is kind of our calendar time. But then there's God's time, which always seems to be kind of encroaching in on our time. And there's seasons where God just wants to do something in our, li- our lives, seasons where God wants to build something into our lives. And so um, really, the church is going through right now what's called the season after Pentecost, right? Pentecost is that time when the Holy Spirit comes, fills the lives of those first believers in Jesus Christ, and the church is born. So Pentecost is something that the church celebrated just a number of weeks ago. And so as we go through now what's called this season of Pentecost, kind of God's time encroaching on our time of summertime, Hopefully it gives us a purpose for why we gather here. I mean, let's be honest. Last night, um, we were kind of sitting out at this pool party, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I just, I would just love to sleep in tomorrow morning, right? I would just love to sleep in, have another lazy summer morning, you know? And it's like, I just had a relaxing, lazy Friday night. I just kind of had a relaxing, lazy Saturday. I just love to sleep in. But you know what? We gather here because I think all of us are at that place where we realize that There's something empty about that way of living because we realize God wants to do something in us. God wants to build something in us. And so here we are in this season after Pentecost. In the Holy Spirit, for those of us who who follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we know that the Holy Spirit is at work in us wanting to build something in us, wanting to do something in us. A couple of weeks ago, my family and I, we were at the Ridgewood 4th of July Parade. And I don't know if anybody else was there, but there was one float in particular that was going by. And uh, some of you are going to hate me now because I'm going to make reference to a song and it's going to stick in your head all day long. So this float is going by and uh, basically it was this live music and it was this church kind of worship team that was playing the song. And it was that song, because I'm happy, I don't know any more words, you know, because I'm happy. It's like the only four words I know, because I'm happy, three words. And uh, like I'm watching this float go by and I'm like, these people, like, where are they from? I mean, they were, they were like showing a form of joy. It's like there is just something about them. And I was caught up in this moment. I'm watching this float go by, and I'm like, they are like just pilgrims who are on a journey going through here, and there is something sustaining them there is something happening in them, and I don't know what it is, but like, I want some of that. I want some of that. And of course, the more I thought about it, I'm thinking to myself, obviously, it's, it, the Holy Spirit is doing something in them, and there's this joy that's being built in them. I mean, honestly, here we are, the 4th of July, I'm thinking to myself, 
the Taliban could be bombing Ridgewood right now, and I still picture these people just going down the street because I'm happy. Like, it, it wouldn't even phase them. It wouldn't even phase them. You know, you just got the sense that there was this joy that was just alive in them. And there was something incredibly special about it. At the same time, I had been uh, reading something that Pope Francis had put out. And really, Pope Francis, he was writing this um, article, and it was talking about what, what does it mean for God's people to be proclaimers of the gospel. I actually have a quote here that I was kind of thinking about um, in the midst of this same season. Pope Francis wrote this. He says, Christians have the duty to proclaim the gospel without excluding anyone. Instead of seeming to impose new obligations, they should appear as people who wish to share their joy, who point to a horizon of beauty, and who invite others to a delicious banquet. Let's just leave that up for a moment. They should appear as people who wish to share their joy, who point to a horizon of beauty, and who invite others to a delicious banquet. I've been thinking about those words, and then here I am at this parade, and I'm watching this float go by, and you're interacting with these people as they go by in this float, and you're saying to yourself, there is just something special about what's happening there. Now, at the same time, I was also in a season of my own life where I was really living my life based on calculations. Now, this is what I mean by this, and maybe you can relate in some way. I, I, was, I was just caught in my head, and I was calculating all of these possible outcomes that could possibly happen for my family and I in light of just the road that we're walking right now, right? And all of us are walking certain roads right now. And so it's quite possible that on the roads that we're walking, we're calculating in our head. And as we're calculating, we're saying to ourselves, in order to survive, but not just in order to survive, but actually in order to experience joy, I need to know that this is going to happen. I need to know that this will be available to my family and I. I can't have this happen because if that happens, that would be bad. And so I was in a season where I was calculating everything. And if you're like me, when you find yourself in that season where you're calculating everything and you're playing that head game and you're saying to yourself, I have to have this in order to experience some level of joy and I can't have this in order to experience some level of joy, um, joy is just, it's zapped out the window, right? Right? My wife and I, we were actually, we were going through this season and we actually said to each other one night, we've got to get out of this because if we stay in this place, there's no joy in the journey. There's no joy in the journey. And so I'm, I'm looking at that quote, I'm watching this float and I'm thinking to myself, we should appear as people who wish to share our joy, who point to a horizon of beauty and who invite others to a delicious banquet. But what happens if I myself don't even have that joy? See, it, it, really, it really means that we ourselves have to be willing to cross into that horizon of beauty and we have to be willing to actually partake at that banquet together. And God's inviting us to that place, but are we truly willing to go there so that this joy can be built in us? Are we willing to move from being people who want to calculate and control everything to be people who instead 
are people who experience a joy that can only come from the Spirit of God inside of us as we learn to trust what the Spirit of God is doing. That regardless of whatever situation, regardless of whatever circumstance comes our way, that something good is happening in the midst of that. I think one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that Jesus, God in the flesh, showed up on the earth was to simply show us that God really is good and God really can be trusted. See, so much of my Christian life, I don't know about your Christian life, but so much of my Christian life has been replacing wrong ideas about who God is with Jesus' ideas of who God is. And you look at Jesus and you say, Jesus believed that his heavenly Father was good. And Jesus believed that by placing himself in the care of the Holy Spirit, that he would experience this goodness of God. And so we don't have to be people who live in that place of calculating things all the time, trying to control things all the time. But you know, God's people have always struggled with this. So we've been going through summer fruit. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. In the book of Galatians, one of the New Testament letters that the Apostle Paul is writing, he writes about the fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit of God wants to do in us. And so you're going to see it up here on the screen or you can open up your Bibles. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23. So a couple of weeks ago, Rob had talked about how this really fruit is something that comes as we abide with Jesus, right? As we abide with Jesus. And then Omar last week talked about kind of the one aspect of this fruit is love. And so today we specifically want to talk about joy, which is another aspect of this fruit. So the Apostle Paul, he writes to these people in the region of Galatia, and he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. It's not that there's multiple fruit fruit being produced in our lives, but there's one fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives. But this fruit is, it's many layered, it's many textured. Uh, It was February 2012, and I was in Nairobi, Kenya, and uh, I was with a team of people, and after a Sunday morning church service that we were at in Nairobi, we got to go to this coffee plantation farm. Lena was there with me, right, Lena? So remember, was it a mango or a papaya? Do you remember that fruit that they gave us after the meal? I, mean, I don't know what it was. Maybe it wasn't even a mango or papaya. It was a fruit I had never had before. But the way they had this fruit and the way that it was cut, you could kind of open it up and it was almost like an accordion kind of, the way that they had cut it. So you could kind of like spread it apart. And it's like this accordion. And you just kind of like, you took it up to your mouth and I had never eaten such a delicious piece of fruit. I was like, how do you describe this piece of fruit? I mean, it was like, It was like just a rush of flavor bursting into your mouth. So many different textures to it. So many different layers to it. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, I think this is a little bit of what the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our life. You know, there's so many different textures to it. There's so many different layers to it. And in particular today, I want to focus on that texture, that layer of joy. The Holy Spirit that wants to build joy in our lives, that as people interact with us, that as people rub shoulders with us, they would say, I don't know who these people are, but there is something about the joy that's present in their life. Now, when the Apostle Paul uses the word joy, the word that he's using is in the Greek language. It's the word kara. And kara simply means this. It means a calm delight. 
a calm delight. Because what is joy, right? It's joy just being happy. Is joy just having a big fake smile on your face, right? Because as Mike reminded us, I mean, you know, so many of us, we can come here and we can appear to be joyful. We can appear to be, to be happy, but there's things going on under the surface. And so Paul, this word that he's using, joy, the word kara, it means a calm delight. Just think about that word calm for a minute. Do you realize that we live in a day and age of chronic anxiety? I'm a person of chronic anxiety. I can have stuff sit and turn in my head and heart for days and weeks. And it can drive me crazy. And no one ever knows it. I'm a person who can have his heart beating a million miles an hour. We live in a day and age of chronic anxiety. But yet Paul is saying, wait a minute. One of the layers, one of the textures of this fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in your life is a calm But not only is it a calm, but it's a delight. It's a calm delight. I mean, we live in a day and age where people are irritated, right? I mean, you can find irritation all over the place. So for us to be people who have the opportunity to be a calm people, but also a delightful people, in a day and age when there is so much chronic anxiety, when there is so much irritation, when there is so many people living on edge, wow, we get to be these kind of people. But where, where does this calm delight come from, right? I mean, is it just something that we can conjure up? Of course not. And that's one of the things that Rob reminded us a couple of weeks ago. It's something that Omar reminded us of last week. That this fruit, that the textures, the layers of this fruit of the Holy Spirit, this isn't just stuff that we can conjure up on our own. It's not like we can just say, okay, I'm really, really anxious right now. I'm in a state of heightened anxiety. I just got to calm down. I just got to try harder to be calm. That doesn't mean that there's some things that we can't do to help, hopefully maybe bring on some calmness, but this isn't just something that we can conjure up on our own. It's not something that when we find ourselves irritated that all of a sudden we can say, oh, I'm really irritated right now, so I just got to be more delightful. I don't really hate that person. I don't really want to go off on that person. No, this isn't something that we conjure up, but it's something that the Holy Spirit produces in us. But how is this produced? Where does it come from? And I think as I was sitting and dwelling on those words of Pope Francis when he said, Christians are like people who share their joy. They point to a distant horizon. They point to a distant horizon. And the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5, let's turn back there again, Galatians chapter 5, he um, earlier in that chapter points to another distant horizon. Galatians chapter 5. Let's look specifically at verses 16 through 18. I believe we have them up here on the screen. The Apostle Paul, he doesn't say, you know, he doesn't say we got to go to a distant horizon, but he says this. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So this isn't something that we just try harder. This isn't something that we try to conjure up in our lives. 
but instead we actually become people who are actually walking and living in the Holy Spirit. Now this is for many of us, let's be honest, for all of us, this is like living in a whole distant land. I mean, to be people who say, you know what, I'm willing to let go of the calculations and control that I'm striving for in my life. All of these things that I'm saying to myself, I need this to happen in order to truly experience a calm delight. And I can't have this happen in order to experience a calm delight. In order to let go of all of those things, because those are the things that the sinful nature craves. Those are the things that the sinful nature desires. Those are the things that the sinful nature will do whatever it can do to work you up and get you to the point where you will take advantage of whatever situation, of whatever person you can. And now people just become objects that we push around. People become objects through which we get frustrated at because if these people aren't here to help us get the desired outcomes that we need, and so we end up fighting with each other and we end up taking advantage of one another and we end up biting and devouring one another. But living by the Spirit, all of a sudden, whatever the sinful nature feels that it needs, whatever it craves, no, if we're willing to go to that distant land where we say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to actually let you I'm going to let you, Holy Spirit of God, determine what it is that I need in my life right now. Whatever calculation I've come up with, whatever level of control I'm trying to get in this situation, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you dictate actually what I need and how I can experience a level of joy in my life. You see, a life lived by the Spirit A life lived by the Spirit, the Spirit that wants to to produce this fruit of joy, this fruit of calm delight in our lives, it's made available to us. It's made available to us. But the beautiful thing about following God is this. God does not coerce the world into shape. God does not force you and I into anything. Isn't that a beautiful thing? God isn't forcing any of us into any situation right now. God is simply saying, look, Everything you need for life and godliness, everything that you desire for an abundant life, it's made available to you through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything you need for life and godliness, everything you need for abundant life, everything you need to experience a calm delight, regardless of whatever situation you're going through, it is available to you. And I'm not going to force it on you, I'm not going to push you into it. I'm not going to coerce you into it. But this this distant horizon of actually living in the Spirit rather than living under the control of this sinful nature that continually is at work inside of us as human beings, this distant land, it's very near. It's so near that you and I can experience it even in the midst of today whatever situations we're facing. Whether it's a move to Canada and we have no idea what's in store for us, whether it's something that God is calling us to and we just don't know how we're going to be able to go through that, whether it's a situation that's happening with our physical bodies, maybe it's something emotionally that's going on, maybe it's a situation at work, whatever it might be. What a beautiful thing to know that this distant land of experiencing a calm delight that the Holy Spirit produces It is something that we simply get to step into 
It is available to us today. Now, it's not as easy as just flipping on a light switch. I think this takes practice, right? Because it's something that God invites us into. He doesn't force it upon us. He doesn't coerce us into it. It takes practice to learn how to live into a new place, right? That's why, I mean, my wife and I, we moved to New Jersey in 1998. It was like seven years later before we actually started to call New Jersey home. It took us seven years before we started to call New Jersey home. We had to stick with it. We had to practice it. It was like a distant land, but yet here we are living in this distant land, but yet it took so much time for New Jersey to feel like it became a part of us. And so as God's people, people who are striving to live by the Spirit, it's that same experience. It takes time. It takes time. Earlier in Galatians, in fact, the very first verse of chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Don't let yourselves be yoked again by a form of slavery. Don't let yourselves be yoked again by a kind of slavery. This life of Jesus, this walking in the Spirit, um, it's, it's an experience. It's not something that you can just talk about. It's not something that you can just think about. It's not even something that you can just acknowledge with your head and heart, but it's something that you actually have to walk into. Uh, let's think about this. Let's think about the five levels of senses that we experience, right? The five levels of five senses of experience. Of course, the safest two are sight and sound, right? And so you walk upon a situation and it seems foreign to you. You walk up to a situation and it seems foreign to you and you say, I don't, no, I don't really want that. Because if I have to step into that, my joy, my happiness is going to be zapped, right? Because when we live from places of calculation and control, We've calculated in our minds, and therefore we're controlling the world around us to say, I see that and I hear it and I'm not going near it. Right? I was a picky eater when I was a kid. How many picky eaters in the room? Raise your hands. Picky eaters. Right? I was a big time picky eater. No way. There were certain things I'm like, I'm just looking at that. I'm not going anywhere near that. I wouldn't even give it a shot. You know, and other people would be like, no, you got to taste this. It's delicious. Give it a try. I'd be like, no way. No way. So eventually then, 1998, we moved to New Jersey, and we moved to Princeton, New Jersey, of all places, a very eclectic place. And so as a pastor in ministry, people are inviting you over to their house, and I'm like, oh, dear God, how am I going to do this? I mean, like, you know, and they want to impress you. They want to impress you with, like, the Princeton eclectic cooking, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, there's no way I can eat that. But I had to go through this place now where before I would see it, maybe I would hear it, and I'd be like, no way, no way. But now I actually had to smell it, right? Now it's before me. But it's not enough just to sit there and smell it. I actually have to like touch it. And I'm a texture guy, right? Any other texture people in the house? I'm like, dude, something could just have the wrong texture. Like, and, and just, just by putting that texture in your mouth, the gag reflex gets going. You know what I mean? Like you put a certain texture in your mouth and you're like, you know, like you can just feel it, you know? I was that kind of guy. And so, but I put this texture in my mouth, but then it's not enough just to experience the texture and have it in your mouth, but now you need to actually swallow it down and it becomes a part of you. 
Now I can say what, what is it now, 16 years later, 1998 to 2014, I have experienced some of the best food in my life right here in New Jersey. Love it. Love it. People who knew me way back when, they interact with me now when they come out of there, you eat that? Like, I love it. Because it took time, but as you were willing to not only smell it, but then touch it and actually taste it and have it be a part of you, you actually experience this delicious banquet from a distant horizon that you would have never stepped into. And as a result, you experience a calm delight that you never knew you could have experienced. My wife and I celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary on Tuesday night. We went out to this Turkish place in Ridgewood. What? Curd eating Turkish food? Never would have happened 19 years ago. So we go and we sit down and we're trying, I get like this cabbage and it's like this cooked cabbage with a whole bunch of stuff stuffed inside. And I'm like, oh, I mean the, the, the layers of it, the complexity of it, the taste of it. And I'm like, we got done eating and I'm like, oh, I, this is like, life is good. It's like the Taliban could be bombing us right now and it's okay. I'm just going to stay right here in this moment. Like this is a calm delight right here. And I'm like, I think... I think this is what God wants to produce in us if we're truly willing to be a people who will walk in the power of the Spirit. Are we truly willing to leave the familiar land of calculation, of control, of believing that we know what we need to keep going forward in whatever situation we're going through right now? And instead, are we willing to not just look and hear what happens in that distant land that's oh so very near to us, but are we actually willing to smell it? And are we willing to go a step further and actually then step into it and begin to taste it? And then are we really, really willing to be able to take it inside of us and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you in a whole new way that whatever I think I need right now to keep going I'm going to believe that I have everything I need right now through the power of your spirit for life and godliness, for abundant life, to be able to truly experience life as Jesus experienced life. That out of a place of calm delight, I can share my life with others. I can truly live in a place where I'm free to give myself away, where now it truly is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I don't have to be burdened again by another yoke of slavery, but we can truly be a joyful people, regardless of whatever situation and circumstance. You see, the psalmist talked about it this way in Psalm 34. Taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Not look and see. Not hear and see. Not even smell and see. Not just touch and see. But taste and see that God is good. God's spirit as a follower of Jesus Christ is in you. Enabling you. Equipping you. Empowering you. To be the person that God is calling you to be. To be that follower of Jesus. And so as we go throughout the summer... Oh man, let's experience summer for all it is, right? 
I mean, let's take in those pool parties. Let's take in those picnics. Let's be a people who experience all the joys that summer bring. But let's also remember that as we're going throughout the summer, we're also a people of Pentecost, a people who have been given the Holy Spirit. And as the church of Jesus Christ, we are going through the season now, the season after Pentecost, where God wants to instill new ways of living in us as we live our lives. That people, just like I had that experience sitting in Nairobi, Kenya on that coffee plantation and I'm biting into this fruit and I'm like, oh, the layers, the complexities of this are delicious. That people would look at our lives, much like Pope Francis said, that they would say, there is a, there's a joy in their lives. And I don't know where that comes from, but obviously they've been willing to step into a whole nother world and they're eating from a banquet that I've never experienced. And I want some of that. I want some of that. And then imagine that. Imagine we would actually have people maybe say to us, can you tell me where your hope and joy comes from? Right? That's why Peter could even say to the early church, like, be ready. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you when people ask. Whoa, wait a minute. You mean, you mean it's actually possible to live a certain level of life that people would actually come and ask us? What's different about you? Whatever you have, I want it. I need it. I see life in you. What a beautiful thing that would be. So what we're going to do now is we're simply going to come to the table. And as followers of Jesus Christ, when we come to the table, um, this is a taste and see experience, right? I mean, it's funny. Actually, like throughout church history, there's been theologians and pastors and everybody else. They've actually fought with each other over what's really happening here when people come to the table. You know, like, what's really going on here? How much, is, how much is Jesus really present here, you know? Like, is this really his body and blood that somehow we've concocted it to turn into? Is this just some, like, symbol that represents it and we remember? And people, like, fight over this and, like, kind of denominations form and protests begin. And it's one of the things where it's like, no, no, let, let's just stop that. And let's realize that there is something mysterious going on here. And much like the psalmist who simply said, just taste Taste and see that the Lord is good. That we would be people who would come to the table and say, Jesus, the life that you've lived, the righteousness that you've lived that I never could, the faithfulness that you've displayed that I never could, the way that you believed in the goodness of God, the way that I never could, Jesus, I get to receive that into my own life. And Jesus, this is about what you've done for me. In Jesus, I believe that now the power of your spirit that experienced a calm delight that allowed you to give your life away for the sake of the world, that this can actually be a part of my life. And so as the band comes forward, I want to invite them to come forward. Um, as they begin to play for us, let this be an opportunity where we as the people of God are willing to step a little further into that distant land, that distant horizon that is oh so near to us. And believe that there is a banquet there that if we're truly willing to taste it and experience it, that the Spirit of God will fill us up and will give us a joy, will give us a sense of calm delight, that we will truly be people who, yes, even though we're residents right here of the United States of America or Canada, wherever it is, but our citizenship is in heaven and we are pointing to a reality we're pointing to a reality that is oh so near and is actually on a collision course with our world as we know it.
that our lives are not just about someday being able to go and escape to heaven and reside there forever, but no, actually at the end of the story, it's heaven that comes down here and it's God that comes down here and once again dwells among his people and brings them a joy, a calmed life, but we get to experience that now as we live as people of the Spirit. So let this be a time, let it be a time where you step a little further into that distant horizon, tasting and seeing that God is good. Let that calm delight, that joy that the Spirit longs to produce in you, just let it happen. You don't don't work for it. You don't conjure it up. You just receive it. Let me pray for us, okay? Okay.